Hello, and welcome to the Pretty Pixels podcast. I'm your host, Tab London, and today I am joined by a poet, a scholar, and a gaming aficionado, Joey Cronwell. Wow, that did not go in the direction that I thought. <laughs> you were like, oh, let me do let me do the intro. And I was like, oh, they're totally going to fuck me over this time. I have to I have to build you up. You know, I've been bringing you down for weeks. So I appreciate I to be that. nice today. I appreciate that. I notice actually now in the Zoom call, your walls are all empty. You you yeah. just everything is gone. You used to have this beautiful you had a Far Cry poster up. You had an Until Dawn and a God of mm-hmm. War little pieces of art and everything. Um, Backed away. You're getting ready to move to Iowa because you got I that am. job that we mentioned previously. Mm-hmm. Um, so once again, congrats on that. But you're also house Thank shopping you. now, right? Yes. Actually, we are going to be um, heading to Iowa over the weekend uh, to check out a house and possibly sign some paperwork on Monday. So cross your fingers, put out all of the good vibes to the universe that we get this house <laughs> oh yeah <especially. laughs> would relieve a lot of stress i know there's a couple that you're looking at but that one is like this like beautiful old victorian house and it's right up my alley i love houses it's like that so it's super cute and it's got a lot of um neat original uh features with like the woodwork so yeah, i'm yeah. i'm excited about it sweet um, what have you been up to i have been uh well this week i i've I just got done with like three hours of teaching. And so I was a little bit like, oh, my voice is going to be so screwed going into this. But I thought it went pretty well. Um, But the thing, like Monday was a holiday, a federal holiday. So the university was closed. But I, my dumbass forgot about that. And so (laughs) I showed up to the Zoom class. I had everything prepared. And weirdly enough, three students showed up and they were like, hey, um, do we we actually have class today? Because it's a holiday. And I was like, is it? And so I looked and sure enough, it was. So yep. I was like, sorry, yeah, get to fucking work now. No, I'm, I was like, <laughs> no, like, yeah, sorry about that. Like, get, you know, get out of here. Um, so we had to basically cram Monday in with today, which isn't normally a big deal during a normal fall or spring semester. But mm-hmm. during the summer, these are eight week courses. So they're already cut in half. So yeah. one, we meet twice a week. That's a three hour meeting. That's an entire week's worth of work that I had to mm-hmm. cram into that and into another work today so i'm doing two weeks worth of stuff in one three-hour period so it was a really jam-packed class but we're talking about video game stuff we're talking about like digital rhetoric and video game rhetoric of video games and video games and composition and all that fun stuff so it was uh very packed filled to the brim but um it's the stuff that i love talking about so i went pretty well good good that's that's the cool stuff i love I, in recent classes, I, I haven't been able to talk as much about like video game stuff specifically, but getting into digital rhetorics and then visual rhetoric is always a lot of fun. I did have, so today we did that exercise. I know you know about it, but our listeners don't. I do this exercise where we create a profile of a gamer yeah. and I've done this exercise for like seven years. And what I do is I'll ask my class to imagine a gamer in their brain. The first image that comes into their brain, what's the stereotypical image of a gamer like if you had to draw a picture of a gamer that everyone would know would recognize as a gamer right away or if you were like working on a tv show and you had to do wardrobe or like casting for an actor or whatever Mm -hmm. what's the stereotypical gamer look like and for seven years i've done this over multiple semesters i've done this with high school students and college students and the profile is almost always the same it's like a young white male 
um, middle class, wearing like headphones, very nerdy, um, unhealthy in terms of weight and stuff like that. At least that's how they describe them. Right. Very um, stereotyped. <laughs> very stereotyped. But this semester it was different. And I don't know what to account for. Like the age was, they said, 18 to 35. So slightly older okay. is a much bigger range, but that was a slightly older than normal. Um, in terms of gender, I had a few people say male, but one person said female for the okay. first time. Um, that was the first time in seven years that someone said that they pictured a, a, a woman as the huh. gamer. Uh, and then and then they said in terms of um, like race, they said mixed. And I said, well, or, well, first they said any race. And I was like, that's not a description. Like if I was like, draw right. me a picture and you were like, I can't, I'm not, I don't, there's no race. It's just any race. I'm like, no, you have to draw. There's going to, this person's going to have skin color, racial features, stuff like that. Like give, I, we need some kind of race, but multiple students said, or like three students said, well, I pictured like mixed race. And so I was like, all right, well, you know, we'll go with that. Um, so that's the first time ever. And I am, it's interesting to me to track these things. Cause I'm like, what's accounting for that change in definition of like what the stereotypical gamer looks like mm -hmm. because part of the point of the exercise is then to look at statistics of what a real what what gamers what the what the real gaming landscape looks like according to the statistics gathered by the ESA and we see that gamers are much older than the students expect and that mm -hmm. the gender is far more mixed than students expect and things like that um, and then we start looking at how do we get to this place where we all come up with the same image. So it's interesting to track that stuff, but, uh, it just, it wasn't as smooth as an in-class thing though. There's just certain things that are just so hard to do over zoom calls and yeah, there's so much that doesn't work quite as well when you have to do it online. Yeah. Um, so what about, what are some news items? I, at first I thought, man, there's not really that much that went on this week, but there were a few things um, one of the things that I thought this is, I, it's not really, well, a new RoboCop game was announced and mm -hmm. I grew up with RoboCop. I used to love RoboCop when I was a kid. I had the toys and all that stuff. Um, it's being developed by Taeon. I think that's how you say it. Uh, and coming to consoles and PC in 2023. I watched the trailer. It's not very encouraging. <laughs> Um, oh, no. <laughs> as you know, neither is their track record. They've they uh, published. I, I think I said developed. I think they're the publishers. Um, but they published Terminator Resistance and Rambo the video game, both which came Ooh. out in the last few years, and <laughs> those were not very well received. So yeah, I yeah, I don't even. You know, it's one of those things where if you told me that a new RoboCop game was coming out, I might be like, oh shit, cool. Mm -hmm. seeing the trailer and you know reading the reality of it i'm like oh well okay picking that up on sale maybe <laughs> yeah there's certain it's weird because back in the day like 20 30 years ago like games made with ip um like existing ip like terminator games superman games things like that were almost universally bad they had that mm -hmm. reputation deservedly so but i feel like that has been changing over the years like we've had some really good games that have done some cool stuff like the batman games arkham games are great um so games games are, are changing but then mm -hmm. there's certain instances like this you know where it's like you know some small developer and not to diss small developers but from what i've read they spend a lot of money on the brand on the ip on the name recognition right. um and so then they just you know and, and there's also there's complications with working with the 
the IP holder because they have certain expectations and so it just seems more complicated than it than it should be and I think that's part of probably the reason that it results in less than stellar games so that wasn't I don't, that's why I'm like I don't even know if I want to talk about it so one of them I don't <laughs> want to bring it up on the podcast <laughs> well you did uh, <laughs> um the only piece of news that I saw was uh, earlier today. I think it was this morning. So um, Bloomberg published this article uh, titled uh, Ubisoft Plans Assassin's Creed Live Online Game Service. And they said, quote, the Assassin's Creed Infinity Project seeks to emulate the prolonged financial success of GTA V or Fortnite, end quote. Now, what's interesting about this is that Ubisoft then confirmed to a certain extent they put out a brief statement and they said that ac infinity is in fact real and Mm -hmm. that it is involving several studios there's going to be like a creative director at each of the studios um but a lot of what was said in that bloomberg piece is not confirmed such as quote assassin's creed infinity sets out to create a massive online platform that evolves over time end quote mm-hmm. i don't think they actually said that in in ubisoft statement and then the article also says things like um quote infinity will contain multiple settings with room to expand to others in the months and years following its debut said the people who asked not to be identified discussing a project under development individual games on the platform might look and feel different but they will all be connected end quote uh and then another one quote details surrounding the project which has a which hasn't been previously reported are in flux and is still years away from release end quote so i'm not necessarily doubting those things but ubisoft was just like yeah Assassin's Creed Infinity, what of it? <laughs> so we don't really know what it means. And I feel like it, is it a bit of a stretch? Is it an attention grabber to be like, they're trying to be like GTA five or Fortnite? Yeah, I don't, I wasn't really sure what to make of that either. Now I'm starting to forget who said what, cause I read the statement by um, Ubisoft and I know that they said, something about like shared worlds or something like that mm-hmm. um but i guess maybe i don't remember if that was the one that like you said said that there were going to be multiple environments and, and that kind of thing maybe that's something they don't want to want to talk about but um right but yeah it's it's interesting because on the one hand if this is true um and some of it certainly seems to be mm-hmm. That's one of those like dream ideas that I think we probably even talked about before, just between you and I, like, what would we want from the future? Like, wouldn't it be cool if there was an Assassin's Creed game where you could go into all of the different worlds? Because in theory, why couldn't you? Because you just go into the an- Animus, right? That yes. Called? Um, and it's almost like a virtual reality sequence, right? So why can't you just pop into any time period? Like, wow, wouldn't that be cool if there was like just central hub and you could just jump in between them and stuff? Um, and so it almost seems too good to be true. Uh, and the fact that several studios are working on it, that sort of lends the, that could very well be possible. Like, Hey, you work on the right. tropical, you work on ancient China, you work on, you know, whatever. I think what confused me is that Ubisoft statement put so much emphasis on our studios are going to be collaborating together. Right. Okay. And then they say, I have the statement up here in my phone. They say, um, 
Rather than continuing to pass the baton from game to game, we profoundly believe this is an opportunity for one of Ubisoft's most beloved franchises to evolve in a more integrated and collaborative manner that's less centered on studios and more focused on talent and leadership. Again, it's focused on how they're developing the product. Right. So I didn't walk away from the statement knowing much of anything for the future Hmm. of the franchise, but maybe that's just me. No, that's a fair point. Um, I guess part of it is that they also didn't deny it. Like they weren't like, oh, no, it's it's not going to be like a shared world online thing. Um, It almost seemed just to sort of clarify something. You know what I mean? So I I don't know. I don't totally disbelieve it, but it it sounds like it's still an early development. Weirdly enough, Um, Mm -hmm. I would have thought. I mean, I guess if they are trying to go that epic in scope to include multiple settings and all that kind of stuff then it would be more than a year out but i'm a little nervous though that they're gonna take this direction of games as service yeah and just fully embrace that i that is the opposite of what i want from an assassin's creed game agreed and if the next assassin's creed game is always online always multiplayer Uh, no (laughs) yeah uh i'm i'm not a fan and i don't want to see the industry go in that direction but it might be too late yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm hoping that maybe they've learned from EA's mistakes, though, where EA pushed that too far and they got kind of burnt for it. So, yeah, maybe. I don't know. And the Assassin's Creed games have found success being what they are, which is very detailed open world games with these well, epic right. stories. And, and didn't what well, isn't Valhalla their biggest seller in the franchise to date? Like, yeah. just keep keep doing that. Yeah. Yeah, agreed. Um, Speaking of big, epic open world games, though, are you, I mean, we've already talked about this, but Ghost of Tsushima's director's cut is coming August 20th. (laughs) It's going to have PS5 enhancements, a new island, uh, Japanese lip sync, and haptic feedback for the PS5. Yes! I'm only disappointed in one thing, Joey. Do you know what that that is? Um, the, The fate of your horse doesn't change. (laughs) <laughs> thanks for reminding me no that it's the week before the semester starts oh, like that's the yeah. only negative here i saw someone well actually i saw more than just a someone i saw a couple of people who were being really snarky and they were like this game does not deserve a director's cut and i thought to myself you know there have been so many games that got like director's cut or extended editions or whatever and they, those games weren't like my game so i was like oh good for those fans i didn't i didn't take to twitter or read it to be like, why are they wasting their time? No, motherfucker, give me my one director's cut. This yeah. is awesome. <laughs> I don't understand. I mean, I feel like that's etern- we're eternally going to be bringing up these shitty gamer takes. You yeah. know what I mean? Like when yeah. it doesn't affect you, who the fuck cares? No one really cares. You know what I mean? Like move on. You don't have to buy it. Like legitimately, just don't fucking buy it. And because I've seen some discussion too, like you said about people being like, "Oh, is that the future is just going to be director's cuts and blah blah oh, blah,", blah. and it's like, <laughs> okay, but part of the, what we could, one of the ways we could look at this is this is studios, publishers, trying to find a way to monetize games and get more money out of them without resorting to what we all hate, which is loot boxes, because the industry was moving more and more toward loot boxes. 
um, or battle passes or whatever the new model is. And so these games that don't normally have those things, we're trying to find ways to integrate them. And people were like, this fucking sucks. Like, stop doing that because you're you're letting it you're allowing it to interfere with the gameplay and the experience of the game. It's not just some fun side thing with a lot of these games. It's like a requirement to be good or to win at the game. And so companies and the reason that companies were doing it, not to totally defend them, um, but because they argue that and I know we've talked about this. You have you read an article that said this might not be true, but um, games have seemingly become more expensive. It takes more time to make them. You have to hire more people. The teams are huge the for these advertising big advertising has become more expensive. But the yes. advertising. Yeah, that too. <laughs> um, and so. In theory, one of the arguments is that games are more expensive to produce and develop. Um, And I do think that there is something to that, again, because they do take longer. When we look back at, like, Super Nintendo games, these are games that took, like, a year to make. You know what I mean? That's just not the way things work now. Um, And so, yeah, sure, okay, they, they cost more, and they haven't really been increasing the prices until this generation. And so they're looking for ways to more quickly recoup their costs again i'm not sticking up for them they still make tons of money these big big publishers but you know if you wanted to i guess complain about director's cuts and stuff like that instead of making a sweeping statement of like oh that's the way it's gonna go i hate this why don't we look at it on a case-by-case basis too because that can also be valid like ghost of tsushima was a game that came out it was complete sold as is full game all the content you could need right it was a full experience yeah they could have just given us the new island as dlc but they decided to put even more quality content features like the haptics into the game i'm i'm totally fine with that it doesn't feel to me like they're just trying to grab for money like i fully expect they're going to give us quality content with this director's uh, cut yeah, and I think it's a, a nice way to have a game that came out late last generation mm-hmm. that benefited from being so late in the generation and to transfer that over to this new generation and like touch it up and give yeah. people who are on the new generation um, a nicer version. And I thought about it because I've seen people complaining and being like, oh, this is like the new thing. And maybe it is, but I don't mind it. I mean, I, I think back all the way to Persona 4 Golden and I was like, and, and Persona 3, Persona 3 had three different versions. They had, they also had sort of a director's cut kind of thing. And I was like, well, that seems to be a thing that's been around for a while. And it's worked for certain companies. Like with Atlas, pers- you know, the, the Persona 3 uh, FES or the portable. I know some people don't love it, but that's the one I played. I, I liked it. But Persona 4 Golden is like widely regarded as by far the superior version. Mm-hmm. Persona 5 Royal, same thing. And sure, I, well, I think part of the argument people are like, oh, why, I want you, you know, taking time to make the sequel. But but I think, and this is just my own understanding of game development, might be wrong. Um, but my sense is that when you're making something, when you're in early development of a game, not everyone is all hands on deck. You know what I mean? Like you're doing conceptual stuff, you're doing artwork, you're doing ideas and arcs, mm-hmm. maybe some system stuff. So these level designers and all these other people aren't necessarily you know, working there as, as diligently as they will be when things start coming together. So why not have a team of people that are not doing anything yet or not doing much yet work on that stuff while the conceptual people, the writers and the artists are 
starting to drop all the stuff for the next game. And I wonder if right. that's what it is. I think with Atlas, at least it seems to be the case. So I don't mind it. I think it works. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, I think it would be a different story if they were like director's cut $70. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, but okay. Um, I, I'm very excited. I, I eagerly await that because it was, it was, was it, wait, what, what was the release date for Ghost of Tsushima originally? Do you remember? I don't know. It's, there was well, it was pandemic. July. It wasn't July of last year, was it? Oh God. It was feels it 2019? Like, I don't know. <laughs> I think so. It, I think it was July though. So anyways, it, I think it'll be great to revisit it at like near the end of summer. I'm, yeah. I'm thrilled what else is in the news our last news item we're going to hold off and talk about what we've been playing first because our last new new news item is of course the big in nintendo switch oled or oled <laughs> <The> model <big-in. laughs> um but our main course we forgot to mention is going to be the mm-hmm. switch so because yeah. of this news we thought maybe we'd just revisit our love for the switch talk about you know how we got the switch what we like about yeah. it what we want from it in the future games that we love things like that so uh, and of course, we'll talk about the news for the OLED model as well. But before we get there, what the fuck have you been playing? I have been all over the place in part because of just the hecticness of getting ready to move. And then also uh, one of my good friends is out of town. So I've been uh, checking in on her cats for almost two weeks now. So I actually, for the first time, I, I packed up the PS5 like it was the most precious thing in the world to me. <laughs> And I took it over to her house because I was, like, spending the weekends there. Um, I played a little bit because last time we we spoke, I was talking about uh, simulators. And so I um, I'd already played House Flipper before on PC. But I thought, eh, you know what? It's like 15 bucks or whatever. Maybe it was 12. Um, I'll get that on the PS5. So I've been playing some House Flipper. Uh, It's literally what it sounds like. You go into houses, you do these jobs for people, you paint walls, clean up stuff, vacuum up cockroaches, whatever. (laughs) And then you make money and then eventually you accumulate enough money that you can like purchase a home and do it up the way that you want and then sell it and you can even negotiate with buyers. So it's very, it's everything that we talked about with Sims before. It's relaxing, somewhat realistic there's no pressure, you know, it's just like a nice thing to be doing, uh, in the background. So I was doing that while watching some horror movies and then how messed up are these houses? Are they like some of them really fucked up? I mean, it gets a little bit like formulaic, I suppose, but like there can be, like I said, like cockroach nests (laughs) in like trash everywhere. Like this one home I went into and it was like, get the house ready for Christmas. And I was like, oh, okay. It'll probably just be like, you know, straight up some stuff. There was fucking pizza boxes everywhere. There's like 50 pizza boxes, a shit ton of like um, soda cans. <laughs> and I had to like pick them up individually. <laughs> Are there, is um, there like graffiti on the wall sometimes? And like, you know, I'm like trying people, to think. Or is there like a, a hoarder expansion? You go in, there's like. <laughs> do something with the 50 cats (laughs) right right that would be funny um no there's nothing quite like that but i will say so on pc there's like i don't know off the top of my head maybe like five different like dlc packs and one of them's like the hgtv dlc and the gardening dlc and yada yada but i was playing on the ps5 so i was like oh i'm gonna i'm gonna get some of the dlc 
the developer hasn't been putting out the DLC for consoles. Oh, That's kind of no. a bummer. They yeah. only have one available. So I'm a little disappointed in that, but we'll see if they eventually add more. Um, but then the second sim, because we had mentioned Farming Simulator last <laughs> episode, I think, I was like, fuck it. I'm going to get it on the on the PS5 and see what's what. <laughs> the tutorials are horrible. Like, you do the thing, and then it's like, okay, figure out your life. And I'm like... <laughs> It's so realistic. I don't know what the fuck I'm doing, <laughs> but it was fun. Hey, that was sounds like, realistic to me. Yeah. I, right. I don't know what the fuck I'm doing either. I would never, well, I can't say I would never, but like realistically, I'm never going to have a farm. I'm not going to own a tractor, like a couple different tractors and all the equipment and shit, but like I can do that in a video game and it's like relaxing. Um, what the stuff that I understood. Uh, but I think I'm probably going to put that on hold or like, I probably don't have the time to like watch a shit ton of like YouTube videos to like figure out what I need to do. But Farming Simulator 22 is coming out in October, I think. And depending on like reviews for that, I might just pick up that version because I'm assuming it'll be a little more um, hopefully user friendly. Yeah, I weirdly I saw a TikTok of a guy we were talking about Sims and he had this whole setup in his room for one of the truck driving simulators. Like oh, it was yeah? this whole thing. I think I might have sent it to you. But like he's got like his monitor but then he has this whole dashboard with all these like like knobs and That's um, my gauges. dream. Yeah, and he has like the, <laughs> uh, next to him he has these gigantic gear shift things like like these handles and he's shifting and he's like <laughs> and this huge wheel uh oh, it That's was so amazing. yeah have you, have you seen people's setups for like microsoft flight sim like damn dude does no but yeah that's that would be like future gaming room or like game cave or something right like that. like that would be amazing yeah that would be so fun that stuff's fun what have uh you been playing I have not been playing much. I have not, sadly, been playing Doki Doki Literature Club. It's one of those games where I was so excited when it was coming out. Mm -hmm. And I was like, oh, I'm going to play it. But I'm in the middle of playing, or I was in the middle of playing Final Fantasy VII Remake, Intergrade. Right. Um, or, or the well, the intermission, what do they call it? Whatever the remake is called, the, the director's okay. cut or whatever. Um, and so not I'm like... Not the director's cut. <laughs> uh, and I was like, I don't know if I want to... I don't want to, like, interrupt the story, that whole thing. So... I finished that, uh, and but now I'm playing Intergrade, which is the DLC, the Yuffie DLC. Um, so I had a lot of fun finishing the, the base Final Fantasy VII remake. I love that game so much. Um, and the ending was, you know, re part of, I don't remember if I said this before, I'll try to be vague so I don't spoil anything, but okay. the way that the remake twists the story to make it both familiar but also new... And it sets up the possibility that the future installments might might be notably different is just such a great, they do su such a great job with that. Um, but now I'm playing Intergrade, which is the UFI DLC. I'm not that far. I'm only like maybe an hour, an hour and a half. Um, but it's pretty fun so far. I'm not having the same. I've been listening to podcasts and people are like, oh, it was so hard at first because you have to like get back into it and everything. And I'm like, nope, just play the base game. So... <laughs> I'm there. Um, I've been watching the Persona 4 Golden anime, so I finished the Persona 5 anime. And it's very different. The Persona 5 anime is very much, I think I said this before, it's very much just taken straight from the story in the game. So if you've played mm -hmm. the game, 
you watch the anime and it's 95% exactly the same. So nothing is different. Persona 4 golden anime is very different. Like I thought maybe at first I was accident, like I started late in the season or something because they don't go through all the, the opening narrative beats like the Persona 5 anime does. Um, they basically kind of jump straight in. They don't even introduce certain characters. They're just there magically. And so I'm only, I think, five or six episodes in. So maybe there's a point to it. Like maybe they're going to burn through the story of the game really quickly and then get to like new stuff. I'm not really sure. Mm-hmm. But it's weirdly sort of jarring because I'm like, oh, man, I was really looking forward to like Risei's introduction or something like that. And you know, or like Teddy. Teddy's a great character. Teddy's the mascot character in Persona 4, sort of the Morgana of Persona 4. And he go he undergoes this transformation at a certain point in the game, but it's like far into the game. And in the show, he's just transformed. He's just there. Like they don't there's no explanation. So huh. it's kind of weird. And this doesn't make it sound like I'm not enjoying it. I'm very much enjoying it. I love Persona. <laughs> I love the cast of characters in Persona 4 is wonderful. Um but it, they also don't have English dubs, and I know some people would be, or sorry, yeah, dubs. Um, and some people would be like, dubs are stupid anyways. I <laughs> played the game first, okay? I love the voice actors from the game. I wanted right, the voice actors right. from the game, but apparently they didn't even record them. So hmm. so there's that. Um, a little disappointing, then. Yeah. And then, of course, still more uh, hot. I was going to say hot. I keep wanting to say hot shots golf. Everybody's golf. <laughs> Hot shots. <laughs> that's how you think of yourself a hot shot. Well, no, but that's what the series was called. They changed the name to Everybody's Golf. So I know, I know. You son of a less bitch. inviting. Um. <laughs> so yes, is that it? Are we done? Or are we... That's yeah. All right, yeah. let's get. You to say some... is that it? We're half hour late. I know. Like yeah. This. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's get into some motherfucking okay. Nintendo Switch then. So okay. Nintendo announced the what they're calling. Really, it's it's like a subtitle. It's not even the name. The, the name is still just Nintendo Switch. Um, and then in parentheses, OLED model or OLED I know. model. I'm, I'm only laughing because of all the people that are just irate about the name. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, mean, granted, it does sound kind of dumb, but like, I don't care enough to be like, that's stupid. The world yeah. should know that I think it's stupid. <laughs> And it really is just a, I, I can understand why they wouldn't name it something, it, like really give it a proper name. Because again, this isn't really even its name. Its name is still just Nintendo Switch. This is just a slightly different model because right. it's a marginally improved system. It's not a drastic yeah. improvement. And so so with that, bigger screen size. Yep. Seven um, inch. Double the storage. Yeah. 64 gigs. Yep. Two dot colors, which cool. And then the um, the LAN connection with those new docks, right? Yeah. And you can, I, I was under the impression you can buy the docks separately if you want to and use them with your current model of Switch. I think so, yeah. Yeah. So I do not say this to be a hater. Mm-hmm. I am feeling a little underwhelmed, but that's okay because I'm very happy with the Switches that I have. <laughs> Yeah, I am sort of mixed. I feel a little underwhelmed as well, but I don't like part of me. I had to resist the urge to be angry or like salty about it because as someone pointed out on Twitter, Nintendo kept saying we are not working on the Switch Pro. Like everyone kept all these rumors were flying and they kept being like, we're not working on the Switch Pro. 
Um, <laughs> and so when this came out, people were like, oh, it's not as powerful. It's not, or not more powerful. It's, it's the same. It's not 4K. And Nintendo was like, yeah, we never, we never said we never that. Said. <laughs> so it's like, that's understandable. Um, but I think part of what surprised me, and it shouldn't have surprised me, is the price because they're charging 350 for it. And the base model of the Switch is 300 and it hasn't dropped in price. So, huh. like, what I would have expected here, if all of the other components virtually are the same, it's the same power. It's just, a, which, granted, the screen looks beautiful. It's very big. Um, I would have expected a price drop for the regular Switch and then for the new model to be 300 Um mm-hmm. Maybe that's maybe that's just me. I don't know, but I that was the other thing where I was a little bit kind of disappointed. But it's not it's not something that I'm going to run out and get. But like at some point, if my switch died, absolutely, I'd be getting this. Model. Honestly, I would rather buy the light blue, um, or the the light blue. <laughs> <laughs> I would rather buy the switch light in the blue color because I'm jealous that Tirza has one of the lights. And it is, I mean, it's in the name. It's a lot lighter if you're just going to be doing like hours and hours yeah. and hours of handheld play. Um, but you can't dock it, right? That's my thing is like, got to dock that Yeah, shit. but it's great for travel and shit. Like, I don't care about docking it. How dare you? How dare me? Yeah, I don't, I'm not really interested in bigger screen, more storage. Um, and, and the other thing is, well, and maybe we'll get to this in our discussion, but I go through uh, periods where I use the Switch a lot, but mm-hmm. for the most part, it's it's one of my lesser used consoles. Yeah, I definitely, like you said, when I'm playing it, I'm really playing it. Like every mm-hmm. day, I'm really into it. And then, you know, I'll get a game for PS4, PS5 or something, and then I'm just on that for a long time. So, yeah, I mean, I think there are definitely lots of games I'm excited for on the Switch, and... This seems cool for people who haven't gotten a Switch or who yeah. maybe have a launch Switch that they've played a ton and they do a lot of traveling and they're like, yeah, give me that bigger screen. Totally cool. Uh, it's coming out October 8th, so that's that's pretty quick, mm-hmm. pretty soon. Um, I think it's launching alongside Metroid Dread, if I'm remembering correctly. One of, one of the games they're coming out with this fall. Um, so I don't know. I think it's cool. I think for some people, they're probably really excited about it. Um, I, I do, I am one of the people that wanted the 4k, you know, docked, yeah. but you know, I guess maybe in two years maybe. or something. I saw an article that said, don't discount the, the pro. I, I, okay. Yeah. Well, I mean, then cause Nintendo has done that in the past. Like they will, they will put out like, you know, a, a more powerful version. Mm-hmm. Well, have they, now that I think about it. Maybe not. Maybe they just go for the sleeker, more shiny, pretty ones. I'm trying to... I can't think of a time when they've come out with... like a. I mean, there was the Switch that had... Or the Switch, the um, Wii, that had a better controller. But then that didn't end up being that big of a, oh, yeah. a difference. So I don't know. Actually, I don't know. Um, but yeah, I still have my fingers crossed for that. But let's... let's we're, it seems like we're getting a little bit down... Get on the switch down. let's get a little let's bit rewind up on yeah. to march 3rd 2017 did you have a switch in hand i did yeah i waited overnight for it um i was so excited for it i waited i've waited in line for the wii that was the first console that i ever like waited camped out for basically and something about the switch 
made me think that I should also camp out for it. And just like with the Wii, I think I knew people that were like, really? You're going to you're gonna <laughs> camp outside of a store for this? This, you know, I'll just get one tomorrow. And then they were like, oh, shit. Yeah, I wish is. I had been able to fucking camp out. And get one. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I it was uh, I went I like went to sleep at night to wake up at midnight um, or to go around midnight and I have a local target. And so I went around 11 PM, but I decided to go to Walmart, which was still open to get some snacks. And when I went to Walmart, there was this long line going through the store and I was like, Oh shit, I forgot about Walmart. Like they're selling it at midnight. So Mm -hmm. I got in line and I waited like almost an hour and I was three people from getting one. I was, I was pretty close. I would, if I would have thought about it and showed up like an hour earlier, I probably would have been able to get one and just go home and go to sleep, but I didn't. So I got snacks. Um, I went to Target and had a little camping chair. I had, you know, some drink. I went and got fast food because I was like, I need at least one meal because like this is the first time I ever camped out by myself. And when you have someone there, it's great because you can be like, hey, do you want to go get food? Sure. Do you want to go to the bathroom? I'll go. I'll wait here. That kind of thing. When you wait by yourself you kind of have to bring everything with you. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I had everything that I could think to bring. It was still cold, even though it was March. It got down to like 20 degrees. Uh, my feet got numb because I didn't bring... I mean, I brought a blanket and like a coat, but still like 20 degrees. You know, I, yeah. I got pretty cold. Um, I I brought a book. I brought my phone. I had Pokemon Go, which was still pretty big. I mean, it's still pretty big now, weirdly. And I, I think it made like $500 million the first half of this year. So still making tons of money. But at the time, it was still like huge. And that target was a Pokestop. So I was just like, (laughs) swipe, swipe, swipe. Um, I had to pee in a cup for the first time. I've never (laughs) peed in like a fast food (laughs) cup in my life. Like I know people are like when they're on the road, they're like, "Eh, I don't want to pull over, pee in a cup. No way, man. I'm always like, I'm going to drop it, pee everywhere. No, I'm not doing it. You know what I mean? (laughs) But I had to go pee really bad and there was nowhere to go. So I'm like, I don't want to leave all my stuff here because someone, I know it's just like a camping chair and a blanket Mm -hmm. and stuff. But I was like, and I don't really want to pack it up. There's that stupid part of my brain that was like, what if I leave and someone come and like, they're, it's it's stupid. I was literally the only one there. So I was like, I have this McDonald's cup that I haven't done anything with. I'll just, so I peed in a cup for the first time ever. So that was, that was fun. Um, <laughs> and, and ultimately it wasn't, you know, in the end, sure. I'm glad I did because about like a couple hours before, I think seven is when they opened. Um, well, actually, no, it was like five or 6 a.m., uh, a few people showed up. So then there was like four or five of us in line. And then by like 6 a.m., um, a bunch of people showed up. There was like Was it like the time that we waited outside of Target for the, the mini? Yeah, but more there were more people though. Yeah. Um, okay. There was like 45 people, I think I counted, or 47. Yeah. And uh, they only had... I don't remember. I don't remember how many they had. I think I don't think it was enough for everyone though. Um but I was like first in line, so I felt pretty good about that. So I didn't really regret waiting out there or anything. I just technically didn't have to wait nearly as long as I did. <laughs> but it was a fun experience. Um, I was I pressured myself into getting the blue and red Joy-Cons because they had the blue and red and then the standard... What were the standard ones? Just the gray. Yeah, it was like gunmetal gray or something. Mm-hmm. Um, and 
I was like, I want the gray. I think the gray looked cooler. And then we got to the front and they were like, we only have seven blue and reds and we have 20 grays or whatever. And I was like, shit, it's more rare. I got to get it. So yep, I got the is. blue and red. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I got I got that. I got the special collector's edition of Zelda, the big one, the like the giant Ooh. box with the map and the all that's the coin and everything. Um, I got one to switch just because it was like a launch thing. And I'm like, got to try the launch you know gimmicky kind of game um and i think that's oh and i got a pro controller i'm pretty sure uh but yeah so that was that was my experience you had a slightly different experience why didn't you why weren't you able to camp out i don't remember because i would have to go an hour away and i didn't i didn't that's right you were in michigan comfortable doing that by myself yeah um i was very excited about the switch and you know with the new zelda game that was coming out i was like really pumped and it was like that was the first nintendo console that i have ever purchased brand new wow so i was really pumped (laughs) (laughs) um and that's like 2017 that was much closer to when i was like you know i was really into gaming at that point you know and so i had the ability to like i'm gonna buy this thing couldn't find it fucking anywhere (laughs) it was horrible all these people that are like I can't get a PS5. Yeah, go back to 2017. Get yourself a Switch. Try that. <laughs> so, of course, there were scalpers and shit. Um, but I I went to eBay and I was like, fuck it. I want a Switch. Because it was getting later into the month and you just couldn't, couldn't get them anywhere. Or at least I couldn't. Um, and I saw one and it was only $50 over the, the actual, you know, in-store price. And I was like, fuck it. I'll go buy this. (laughs) What I didn't realize, though, was that um, because it didn't indicate this, it came from Japan. (laughs) (laughs) I remember you got it and you sent me a message and you're like, hey, um, if I plug this in, is it going to, do you think it'll work or like, will it work? And I was like, I have no idea. (laughs) It came with a different like, um, uh, like, it's not, it's not the outlet, but the fuck, like the cord, like it was a different kind. And I was like. (laughs) (laughs) so i ended up uh you know swapping that part out but um i was a little nervous because i i didn't know for sure if anything was like region locked or anything which it isn't so it was totally fine um but also that means that i don't really get like a warranty i guess for it but whatever it's not 2021 whatever um but i was very very excited i remember taking pictures and yeah. uh, sending it to you and putting it up on the blog and i was like this is amazing <laughs> um it was it was very fun finally like having it in my hands um and mine was just the uh like you said like the gunmetal gray but since then i've purchased the i think it's just called neon yellow joy cons mm-hmm. um which i think are cool i know some people hate that color but i thought it was awesome but you know i was looking just to see like oh are there any new joy cons that i that i don't have that i maybe would want i like the damn Fortnite ones because it's that pretty blue and that pretty yellow interesting have I, you seen them I, I think it's a great combo i don't think i have there is a ton of combinations out there that which are great and i want the fucking zelda skyward sword one but it's been sold out oh, ever since they announced it yeah as soon as Fucking i saw it too man. yeah when they showed the video i was like oh man i want that and i was like it's gonna sell out so fast well i am very glad that i uh 
bought the um, Animal Crossing version because that pretty green and like lighter blue is just i think it's gorgeous but which by the way i was in uh our local walmart a couple days ago and they had like six of the um animal crossing versions of the switch right there what i was like how how do you have that many in our little town like what but okay that's such a cool version yeah when i when you said you were getting that one too later on i was like ah so jealous because it's so it's so pretty did I need it? No. But it's <laughs> was I struck by the beauty? Yes. Yeah, it's very pretty. The little Plus, details and everything. I have my little collection of like white consoles, so yeah, it it turns out. Which me, you know, I was talking the other day with you about should I sell my Xbox, and I was like, I can't. It's part of the white collection. <laughs> oh, so you're not going to sell it? Not now. Good, good. Yeah, yeah. It's it's beautiful. Like I said, so if you sell it in the fall when I have more money. Maybe I'll. <laughs> I would buy it. I have an Xbox One. I don't. You need know, it. I consider that keeping it in the family. So we'll we'll talk. Yeah. <laughs> um, what games did you get at launch? You got Breath of the Wild. Yes. I think one or both of us got Snipper Clips because we played that together. I think. Yes, I got Snipper Clips because I had played it with you before I got my Switch. Does that sound right? Because in 2017, I would have been back in... I think in... you just tried it a little bit because you were like, okay. I, I want to play it together. Because I, I remember we played it in the first handful of levels, like we didn't know what to do, so... Oh, I wouldn't have been back at NIU until the fall of 17. Hmm. So maybe we But waited. maybe I visited you over the summer. All right, whatever, whatever. Yeah. Um, but Snipper Clips was fun. Uh, Breath of the Wild. And that was, like, perfect. Now, I haven't participated in a lot of, like, consoles at the moment of launch that has like a giant release like that but that was so much fun i know that there have been um well there are people who don't like breath of the wild all that much which is fine but for me it was perfect to have like brand new console a a nice big open world game to play on it like i put so many hours into it and initially i thought with the switch i don't know if, if you thought the same way but i was like Oh, I'm mostly going to probably have it like in the dock and, you know, play it with the pro controller. But like, no, most of the time when I was playing Breath of the Wild, I had it, you know, undocked and it was great to just like, I'm I'm going to sit on the couch or I'm going to play in bed or like whatever. Yeah, there's definitely games that I can't do that with. I have to play them docked. Um, mm-hmm. Breath of the Wild was one of them. I oh. feel like... When I'm, especially with things like with combat, precise combat and stuff, and I'm exploring worlds, these big, vast open worlds where I'm, I want to see little details and see little like things of interest, I have to have it on a TV. Um, I feel weirdly like claustrophobic if I'm playing in handheld mode, but there are hmm. other games um, like Fire Emblem Three Houses, which we're going to talk about our favorite games. That's definitely up there for me. That one, I don't have to worry about these big open environments. They're all very contained. Um, movement is grid based so it's like i don't have to worry about you know air, like adjust like adjusting my aim for my arrows or anything like that or like the physics games or anything so um yeah i, I didn't play that in handheld mode but i love the op the ability to do that because before this i loved that the playstation vita you could connect to your playstation 4 with it and play playstation 4 games on your playstation vita i for a long time i was really into baths i haven't been in a while but like 
I love taking baths, just like getting in a hot bath, using lush bath bombs. We're not sponsored, but please, if any company was going to sponsor us. Um, right. I So I would use these beautiful lush bath bombs, and I would want to be in the bath for like an hour. And so playing video games was like a perfect thing to do. And um, yeah, having my PlayStation Vita and being able to play Persona 4 Golden in the bathtub and then get out and pop it into my PlayStation 4 or my PlayStation TV um, and playing it on my TV was just um, so fun. So I love that the Switch just has that built in. Like I can literally just pop it in the dock and, and keep playing. So um, so let's talk about some, like, I'm trying to think of how to word this. Like for me, what one of the things I love about the Switch is that it's so mobile. So mm-hmm. I have several memories tied to it where I was able to very easily bring it to like class or something. Um, do you have anything like that? Any, any, I mean, travel stories or any times you've been able to like bring it and set it up and. Yeah. Um, so I definitely took it on like a couple of different, like little trips, but nothing like necessarily stands out with that. However, I have, two kind of fun memories um so i took the switch out to my parents house and i don't think i've talked a whole lot about like um my parents on the podcast but uh, other than probably to mention that growing up you know they they didn't really let us play video games you know um but what's funny is as i got older um my mom had one of those little like I don't even know how to refer to it. It's just like, it's a little box. You plug it into your TV and it's just Pac-Man. She <laughs> fucking loves Pac-Man because that's what she played when she was a teenager. So I was shit. like, <laughs> so I was like, oh, so you, you, you can like games, but yeah. Anyways. Yeah. So I took my switch over and I also bought one to switch and I was like, mom, you got to try this with me. And we had so much fun. Like, it's so dumb, but like the milking the cow game or like um, the one with, uh, uh, is it the pirate's treasure and you have to unwind yeah. the, the the chain? And then what's the one where like you can feel the marbles shifting and you have to count them? Yeah. Um, we had so much fun. And that's a great memory for me because I previously did not expect that i would be able to share something like that with one of my parents like that was a fun little thing and it's not like we now game constantly or anything like that but that that was a fun memory and then um it was actually again one two is it one two three switch or one two switch one two three switch i thought it was one two switch one two switch okay whatever it's called um i at the time was i think tears and i were still dating and I went over to her house and um, and this was before like I bought her a Switch and before she got like really into Stardew Valley and like Animal Crossing. So this is well before that. And we were playing one, two, three Switch and we had so much fucking fun, man. And it's like <laughs> there's there's silly, quote unquote, little games, right. but they're so absurd that it allows people, I think, to just kind of loosen up and kind of go with it and have fun and like laugh for a little bit, you know? Um, yeah. I so think... that's like my showcase game along with um, uh, Snipper Clips. Going back to the Wii, I think that was what Nintendo was going for, like Wii Sports. Like they were like, how do you, is there a game that you can hand the controller to someone who doesn't play video games and 
tell them a very simple concept and they can get it. And with that, with one, two switch, lots of people still like to shit on it to this day, but that is a game that does that. You can hand it to your mom who doesn't play games and say, feel for the marbles. And she can be like, what? I don't, Oh wow. That's wow. That feels like, like it's, it's so simple, but it's those kinds of, and I almost feel like Nintendo started the switch with that idea of like, let's continue that legacy of games. And then they haven't really done much with it since. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) But maybe it's like, are we actually going to see with the haptics on the PS5 be used in like, uh, I guess satisfying ways, you know, we'll see. Speaking of which, I forgot to mention this earlier because I didn't even think of it, but it's, it's not haptic release, but the uh, released. Wow. It's not haptic related, um, but the PS5 controller has a speaker in it, just as the PS4 controller did. Yes. But it's it's better quality. And a lot better. Oftentimes you forget about it because games don't really use it all that much. So I'm playing Persona 5 or Persona. What the fuck am I even talking about? I'm playing Final <laughs> Fantasy 7 Intergrade. <laughs> And I'm playing so the Yuffie game, and there's a part where you get to this town, and and this character is like, "Oh, I have all these posters all over. Can you go find them?" And I'm like, "Sure." And you have to go around and find these posters. And when you get near the poster, there's like this music that plays. And then when you find the poster and you tear it off the wall, this very specific jingle plays out of the controller of your, uh, out of the con- the speaker of your controller. And it was so loud, and I didn't. Ex- I, I my heart jumped like I didn't. Ah, it was it was very scary. Weirdly enough, it was like four in the morning last night, and I'm like, mm-hmm. and it's like, beep 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 beep. Fucking beep. blasted I was like, oh, you. Shit. Um, yeah, it really startled me. But uh, but yeah, I brought my switch. I brought my switch to class a few times. So with my college students, at one point, I was like, oh hey, you know, if we can finish this project by this time or whatever, we'll have like a pizza party or like a candy party. I'll bring candy in and stuff. It was for Halloween or something. And they were like, cool. So they actually did. They worked hard. And then I brought it in and we played um, Smash Brothers and Mario Kart. And I remember um, that being a lot of fun. There's always a weird awkwardness at first where people are like, they don't want to, like you can tell people want to play. Um, but then the high schoolers, I because I brought it to play with my high schoolers too. In part, I told them that we were that we were using it for study, which we were because we mm-hmm. played Gone Home first, and we were talking about like environmental storytelling. And I would have them work their way through some rooms and then tell me what was going on based on the clues that they found. And you know, we would talk about like, okay, well, in all four classes, because I was teaching, fre- I was teaching all four freshmen, sophomore, junior, and senior. All four classes that I've taught, everyone went left first. Why? Mm-hmm. And we would talk about environmental composition and rhetoric. Like, how, how is the game communicating to you that you should go left first? Um, and so we were using it to talk about actual like rhetoric, composition, things like that, digital rhetoric. Um, but then once we finished with that, we were like, well, we have some free time. You guys want to play like Smash Brothers and like Mario Kart? <laughs> and so like I had these these students that were like challenging me to Smash Brothers and they're like, come on, come on, I'm going to wreck you, blah, blah, blah. And so, and I kept being like, no, 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 you guys go ahead. Because I was like, they're going to wreck me at Smash Brothers. I haven't I haven't played Smash Brothers regularly in a long time. But this one kid that just kept egging me on, finally I was like, all right, fine. You know, I'll let you, let you stop me once. And I beat him on like this dumb technicality because like <laughs> I did the, the cheap move where they're going to like grab the, the edge and you like do the um, I don't remember. See, I don't even play it enough to remember the names, but you do your like guard and you have mm-hmm. the bubble around you. And so it, it prevented him from like grabbing the ledge. 
but he was kicking my ass like the whole time um so he lost in this like really cheap way and i was like all right i'm done (laughs) and i never gave him a rematch um but my favorite was mario kart because i didn't say anything about mario kart and i've always been really good at mario kart but i'm like Mm -hmm. i am kind of like i'll let them play so they play and they're like hey do you want to play and i was like (laughs) Yeah, you know, I guess I'll I'll give it a shot. And Little did they know I was fucking crushing them. No one, I didn't. They, I didn't lose once, and they just kept being like, "Oh my god, oh wow, okay, wait, hold on, Sam, come over here, you play him because you're really good." And like, uh, one by one, just crushing them. Oh my god. <laughs> Mr. Cromwell. <laughs> so that was that was a fun memory, but it makes well again the the system makes it so easy to just like pop it and just put it in a case just and just carry it grab around. and go yeah, you know so, like like when i was sorry go ahead oh no i was just gonna say like it, it was the perfect console for when i was recovering from surgery yeah didn't weigh that much to lift or anything just kind of sit there and do your shit you know like yeah. it, it's great yeah and like even with like the ps5 or something like you you just experience packing that up you were like, I gotta be really careful My with baby this. My put it slowly big. in the box. Yeah. <laughs> and the Switch is like literally just throwing on a bag. I mean, of course you want to protect the screen, but for the most part, yeah, yeah. it's just easy. It's to, sturdy. Yeah. So let's talk about games. What are some of your favorite games? I know we, we've already mentioned a few. You know, in preparation for this, I should have actually turned on my Switch to check like how many hours I've put into stuff. Mm. Um, people might roll their eyes. <laughs> Stardew Valley. Like it is... <laughs> perfect for the switch yeah. you know come at me come at me <laughs> um i put in a lot of hours with uh with that on the switch um i i bought tears a, a switch light and she's put in a ton of hours and then they introduced the um the co-op so then we were playing together like that was really fun um breath of the wild of course um i was very very pumped for uh animal crossing um new horizons we we all Pretty much everyone in our, our immediate friend group played quite a bit of that. That was a lot of fun. Um, and, you know, I can't think of Nintendo without thinking of Animal Crossing. Um, so I feel like that's just, I don't know, it's a solid experience. Yeah. Um, I haven't played a ton of Yoshi's Craft Crafted World, right? That's the name? I think so. I think. Um, I got that for Tirza, but the little bit that I played, it was really adorable. <laughs> and, like, the <laughs> textures was really cool. Um I mean, I do have Smash Bros. I suck at it. I have Mario Kart. I suck at that, too. I've played a lot of, and again, I'd have to, like, grab my Switch to look at some of the titles, but I've played a lot of random little indie games. Like, if they go on sale and they're like, $2.99, I'm like, click. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So I kind of like a Switch as a little indie machine, so to speak. Um, However, I will say, I think... What happened to PlayStation Store has happened to Nintendo Store, where yeah. it's really just like overloaded with a lot of stuff, and honestly, a lot of it is not really quality. Mm-hmm. Um, Undercooked, that's really fun. Uh, what is that? Wait, Undercooked, Overcooked, Overcooked, yeah. Overcooked, Overcooked. I was like, yeah, oh, yeah, shit. yeah. I was like, I'm did sorry. they come out with a sequel? <laughs> That's hilarious. You have to give your your patron salmonella. (laughs) The evil version. Ah, Cooked with chicken too Uh, long. (laughs) uh, Overcooked. We've played that one and two, right? That was was fun. I mean, it's really stressful, but um, (laughs) that's a lot of fun. Um, 
I'd have to think a little bit more, but what are, what are some of your favorites? I, I think, I mean, yeah, you hit a lot of them. I love the Smash Brothers games and Smash Brothers Ultimate is such, was such a perfect version of it. I think with the last couple of installments, they had tried certain changes with the intent of like evolving the series. And I think with Smash Brothers Ultimate, they were sort of like, instead of evolving, why don't we refine? Why don't we take all the elements that people liked from the previous games and just really fine tune them and then expand exponentially the roster. And so I love the rosters of those games. I love all the characters that they have. It's still mind blowing to me that you have a game with Mario and Sonic and Banjo-Kazooie and Ryu from Street Fighter and Solid Snake from, you know, like, it's just amazing. Fucking Pac-Man, like, uh, it's just so, so cool to have all those characters in the same game. Did I know Pac-Man was in there? Pac-Man's in there. Mega Man's That's in there. That's hilarious. Bayonetta's in there. <laughs> um, yeah, it's 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 just fucking amazing how many people, how many characters they have in there. And so when I got it, yeah, I played a ton. I feel like that's the trend for me in like Switch games is like I played so many hours because I played through the campaign with I think every single character. Um, I loved the campaign of that one. I loved unlocking all of the spirits and everything. Um, I haven't. I don't think I've touched it since the Joker DLC came out mm-hmm. from Persona. But uh, but yeah, I. I really like that game a lot. Mario Kart 8, of course. I mean, that came out on the Wii U, but the deluxe version comes with all the DLC. And like Smash Brothers, I think that's the definitive version of that series. Um, I was kind of up and down with almost every, you know, after 64, I liked Double Dash. Um, I did not like Mario Kart Wii uh, very much at all. Um, but, but Mario Kart 8, again, I think they did the same thing. They took all the, the good elements um, and really sort of refined them. And the gameplay is just super tight in that one. So that's one of my favorites. Uh, I already mentioned Fire Emblem Three Houses. That's my first Fire Emblem game. But it was getting a lot of hype. And it looked like the, like the art style looked like my kind of thing. And so it was one of those things where I didn't have a lot to play at the time. So I was like, yeah, sure, I'll get it. I fucking, again, played so many hours of that game. Probably <laughs> 200 plus hours um, I played through the story three times. No, two times. I think you need to play through it four times to get the full story. I played through it two different times. Uh, but it's a long game, even just one playthrough. So playing through it twice was was kind of a big thing. But yeah, I absolutely loved it. Uh, I, I really am looking forward to the next game in that series. Um, Stardew Valley, you mentioned. I think that's the first place that I played that one, and I loved it. Animal Crossing. It was embarrassing at some point how many hours I'd put in Animal Crossing because I'd put like... <laughs> Don't say that. Like if you did the math when it came out because it was like right at the beginning of summer, wasn't it? Yep. And so I was like between classes and so I was like, I literally don't have anything else going on. And if you did the math, the the number of hours a day I spent on that game was just so fucking embarrassing and now (laughs) it doesn't seem that bad because you look at it and the game's been out for a long time so if you look at my hour total you're like oh that's not that bad but no i haven't played it in months like up to a certain point that was like i played it every day for hours so i remember the first day we got it and i was like i just want to fast forward because i had done like everything like building wise that you could do so that first day it was like I guess I'm just going to fish a lot or whatever, Mm -hmm. you know? 
Um, but yeah, so many hours, dude. So many hours. Yeah. But I, I still, I love it. It's just a game that's, you know, it does require, if you want, if you want to play it the way that I do, which is very simmy, you know, being in the town and knowing the people mm-hmm. and going around and stuff like that, then um, it re- requires a lot of attention. And I just don't, don't have that to give it, unfortunately. But I do still love that game, love that series. Um, Untitled Goose Game, I know that's multi-platform now, but when it came out, I believe it was Switch exclusive or Switch and PC. Yeah, that sounds about right. Um, and so I played that on the Switch. I loved that. Um, what's up? Because the Switch, like I said, kind of sometimes I look at it as like, oh, it's my little indie machine. Um, I've returned to certain games like Kentucky Route Zero and um, Gone Home. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Gone Home when it was great. And that was one of those games that I didn't even know that I wanted to revisit. And then it came out for Switch and I was like, Right? Actually, yeah, yeah I think so. Yeah. I think I do want to give this another shot. Um, you already mentioned Breath of the Wild. I loved that game. I think I've said this on a previous podcast, but previous podcast, previous episode. But um, that has become my favorite Zelda. And when I started it, I didn't think it was going to be. And I was a little bit like, okay, well, it's a little kind of simplistic and stuff. But mm-hmm. the more you go through this the story which i understand is again very simplistic story um the more that the simplicity of the game makes us a poetic sort of sense i think uh and i just loved exploring and being able to climb everything and the cooking and all that stuff i love that game you didn't mention collecting food (laughs) yeah the cooking i did not think that was going to be a thing i was like i look okay cooking sure but it was the sound that it made when you're like tossing Mm -hmm. it and like some of it looked, looked pretty good too um which again staple of japanese games one of the things mm-hmm. that's going to be i'm going to be talking about in my dissertation is food but uh one of the games i'm surprised i didn't hear you mention that was on my list is super mario odyssey do you just not get into it i don't remember i never finished it um it's another one of those games on unfortunately a growing list of games where like i am super excited for something and then it comes out and then i just like fall off of it um but it is a game that i do want to go back to at some point so okay so i was gonna ask because you weren't on the backlog episode but is that i was gonna ask if that was on your backlog then because sometimes when you fall off a game you're like all right i'm done like i'll check that off i haven't beat it but it's like i'm good no it's definitely one that i want to return to and what i need to do you know how i've been making the uh horror movie list Mm -hmm. I I need to sit down and make a video game list and like legitimately sort it out with like, okay, here are games that I probably will never get to. (laughs) Here are games that I've beat. Here's my replay list. Here's my revisit list. Yeah, I, I have that sort of already, but (laughs) (laughs) Um, I, well, I don't have what I, I did once upon a time. I remember making a list of games I wanted to play, but it takes so long to get to games and to play through games that I wasn't checking things off quickly enough so it felt weirdly sort of like pressure like anxiety because it was like you know look at this long list of games and you haven't even gotten 10 percent of the way through it kind of thing um but no i loved that game i loved some of the retro throwback elements of it like nodding to previous games and kind of the mario legacy um a game that i technically bought for switch but didn't play on switch is one of those things people gonna judge me uh persona 5 strikers so it's technically it's not switch exclusive um, it came out on Switch and PlayStation 5, 4, mm-hmm. 4. Um, 
But this is, and this is, I'm curious about your take on this. If, if I have the choice between Switch and PS4, it's a tough call because the Switch offers that option to play it on the go. The PS4 doesn't. But the PS4 typically will look better and run better. But mm-hmm. more though, this is embarrassing for me to admit, it's the trophies. I want, yep. if I really like a game, I want, want the, the trophies. trophies. Yeah. So. Like in that particular case, again, I bought both copies. Okay, get off my back, people. <laughs> but um, that one, I think, actually was accidental, though. I ordered what I thought was a PS4 version from Best Buy. Yeah. And they yeah. shipped out the Switch version. Um, and I was like, wow, damn it. Well, I guess I'll have to keep it, you know? Not really. Didn't have to do much convincing. But um, but what about for you? When there, are, when there is a game that's multi-platform and you have that choice, how do you... How do you come to terms? Like, how do you decide? It completely boils down to what kind of game it is and what I think I'm going to get out of it. Because my default is if there's a multi-platform game, I'm going to play it on the PS5. If it's a smaller kind of indie game, I typically don't like playing those on the PS5. I'd rather have the... I was going to say the closeness, and I wasn't sure if I wanted to say, like, the physical closeness, but I sometimes think that that's what it is, like, the physical closeness of I'm holding that little indie in my hands. Or if I'm playing on PC, I feel like the keyboard and mouse is a lot more interactive sometimes than, say, like, a controller. And so if it's a smaller kind of game, I usually play it on PC or the Switch. Yeah, it's interesting you say that because I played Emily as a way three on my TV. Like I played it on my desktop, which is connected to my TV. Mm-hmm. And so I didn't have that same, quite the same nostalgic feel as I did with the previous ones. But I, I think it's because I played those on my laptop. So it yeah. felt like I was on a computer. It felt like I was See, talking to people. I intentionally played that game on my laptop. Yeah, I think I should have. Um and I, I, I agree with you. I think for me, it depends on the game. Like I, there are games where I'm like Return of the, of the Ober Den I bought for the PS4, but I can see that being a game that's better suited to the Switch because there are so many puzzles in that. And sometimes they're hard. There's some very difficult puzzles. I, I still haven't finished the game, but there are times when you have to like really piece through evidence and look through things and kind of walk back and forth and if I'm sitting here doing that on my TV because my switch is docked and I'm like, you know, I want to go out on my porch or I want to go take a bath. I can just pick it up and take it with me and keep kind of thinking mm-hmm. about these puzzles and go about my day and kind of do other things to let my brain take a rest while the game is with me. You know, I hate to say this, but remember how I played The Witness, which I don't recommend anyone do. <laughs> it is wow, probably a, a game... <laughs> better suited to the switch Hmm. because some of those puzzles like you have to get the grammar of the puzzles right Mm -hmm. and i would get so frustrated but i think if i had been able to like set it aside or pick it up and go into a different environment like sometimes that helps me with like my thought process and stuff like i feel like puzzlers can be really good on mobile on something like the switch you know yeah, I think like to go back to the bath thing, like when I would take a bath, if I was doing a puzzle or some part of a game that was kind of hard, I felt no like guilt at all about putting my switch in sleep mode and putting it aside and picking up my phone 
Whereas mm-hmm. when I'm on the console, I'm sitting in front of my TV. Even just that, like putting my controller on, picking my phone up, I'm like, what am I doing? I'm wasting time. Why am I? Why am I sitting here in front of? My, why is the TV on? Why is the console on? Like, <laughs> if I'm not going to play the game, I shouldn't be playing the game. Um, but when you need you're a little to take stricter those, than I am, <laughs> yeah, with myself, yeah. Um, but like even yeah, like it, it's just easier to give yourself those little breaks that sometimes you need when you're doing something that's like mentally intense, mm-hmm. you know? Um, so what, uh, what do you, what, do, what do you want from the switch going in the future? So we have this new switch with the big screen. If there is a switch pro, yeah, what do you want from that or from the next edition or version <sighs> of a Nintendo? Man, console? I, is it bad to say that I'm mostly pleased with the switch? I mean, it basically does the things that I want it to do. I guess a nice little like cherry on top is if we had like the 4K, if like yeah. visually, cause, I mean, it would require the Switch to be more powerful overall. So I guess a little bit more powerful. But again, when I look at the kinds of experiences that I tend to have with the Switch, I'm playing these like smaller games that don't require as much anyway. So overall i'm pretty satisfied i might be the odd person out there but no i think that's fair um especially when we, when we consider like the portable nature of it i think it's a solid sturdy console it's, it's you know dependable i guess is the word i might use mm-hmm. i want that 4k update at some point eventually just because i mean part of the reason we named this podcast pretty pixels podcast is because we like some pretty pixels so yeah give me some pretty 4k pixels um but that's not a deal breaker because again i think part of the charm of the switch is not the graphics um for me i want and i've wanted this forever and i don't think it's ever going to happen and i don't understand why but i want the virtual console to return and i want it to be like beefed up you know what i mean like the offering that they have now so if you are a nintendo what do they call it? Nintendo something member? What's their online service? I don't even remember. My Nintendo or something. Whatever the service is called. You pay $20 a year, so it's very cheap. Um, and you get access to a, a, a fair, he- a healthy handful of old NES and some SNES games. And I think there's a couple of weird outliers too. But the virtual console that they have for the Wii and the Wii U had just... Again, not as many as it could have had, sure. But they had games from NES, Super NES, N64. They had um, some like Game & Watch type games. And they had Sega Genesis. They had Master System. They had Neo Geo. Like They were starting to do multi-platform or multi, you know, other console platform holders. So that's what I want because part of it too is buying certain games a la carte and they were the, the offerings were much greater like Square Enix had you know Final Fantasy 3 slash 6 on there um, Earthbound was on there they released um, Mother 1 and so I I don't know why they haven't done it I'm guessing the business model just doesn't make sense um, and, and most of the stuff that they're offering now is like stuff that i think they have some kind of you know control over Mm -hmm. so maybe it's just they don't want to deal with like publishers as much or something i have no idea Hmm. but that's something that i is like a dream for me is if they were like the virtual console is not only coming back but we're expanding it to right that would be cool yeah 
Um, I did a I did a quick Google search, and um, did you know that Nintendo just revealed how many uh, Nintendo Switch Online subscribers they have? No. Can you guess? Um, in the U.S. or global? I believe this is global. I say that like it makes a difference. I have no idea. Um, <laughs> I'm gonna guess twenty-seven million. Twenty-six. Are you serious? Twenty-six million. Wow! I did. I that literally. Throwing, throwing a number out there. My first instinct was to say 45, and then I was like, nah, that's probably too high. And then I was like, it can't be like 12 or 15. That's too low. So I literally just picked somewhere in the middle. So I am a genius. Um, all of that lovely stuff you said about me at the beginning is true. Yeah, look at that. Because <laughs> I can guess a number. Um, yeah, so as far as the next Switch goes, I don't know. I hope Nintendo has definitely been open to, to experimentation. So I want to say... Sure, I mean, you gave us the Switch, so I'll trust your, you know, judgment on what you want to do, but right. I don't know. I don't really know. I'm, I'm like you said, I'm pretty happy with the Switch, so a newer, better, better-looking Switch would be fine with me, Switch 2 kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I did forget to mention Paper Mario, the Origami King. I loved that game as well. Oh, I still haven't played that. Yeah, it's cute. If you ever see it on sale... Oh, you have, oh, I thought you bought it. Okay. Yeah, if I see it on sale, I'll definitely let you know. No, There's I'm a lot sure of, I don't. I would check right now because I saw a tweet recently that said a lot of Nintendo games are on sale for like 30, 35 bucks. I don't know if that's one of them. What, what's the title? Uh, Paper Mario the Origami King. Okay. Yeah, it's super cute. Um, I like the Paper Mario games. But uh, anything else? Any, any other games or features or... No. Thing, thing, jiggers. It's forty three. Mm. That's not. It's like standard, like standard Nintendo sale price. Yeah. Gotta get I think us under I'll wait. forty Nintendo. But um, no, I mean I uh I always like the I like customization options, right? Yeah. Like I would love for the days of when like there were all the different like GameCube colors, you know, yeah. like, and I know we, we get it like with the joy cons, which at least we have that, but give me more options. I like pretty things. Yeah. I like that new white dock. I think that looks really, really mm-hmm. cool, but you're right. There's tons of joy cons. So I'm glad they at least kept the variety in the controllers to yeah, that. For sure. Um, early on people would do mock-ups of them and be like wouldn't it be cool if there were control and like now there are there's tons of versions out there i don't think there's like a princess peach pink one but if there is i'm i'm gonna have to buy it that seems like an obvious one to make (laughs) well that was one of the mock-ups that i saw someone did like mock-ups of like what if they did controllers for every character so they had like a waluigi one that was like purple and like you know uh green ones for luigi and the, these really cute pink ones for for peach and i was like oh yeah i wish they were a real <laughs> thing so for the most part they've given us what we want but but not those um well thank you so much for listening everyone next week ron is back at it again he's going to be joining me tab is going to be out of town doing fancy dancy house buying stuff hopefully <laughs> fancy dancy <laughs> um but we'll return next week with some talk about nostalgia so we're going to be looking at final fantasy 7 remake but also just broader kind of the idea of playing games and being nostalgic and that weird nostalgic feeling that certain games give give us so tune in then thank you for listening and uh tab is the best 
You like that? So wow, you started with you're a nice so thing. nice. Look at That's, that. As soon as we stop recording, prepared, you're going to be an asshole. It's I'm just okay. going to edit it out. I'm just going to, it's just going to cut off. I'm like, tab is, and then music. Wow. But, <laughs> wow. <laughs> bye. Bye.